Welcome to the Life Podcast, where we offer real hope to real people dealing with real life. We filter our thoughts through God's thoughts and our ways through God's ways. We pray you're blessed by this podcast. Enjoy the show. excited to be with you. Um, I have a really quick show today. Um, if I could, if I could press a little bit. Uh, I do want to reach out and say, if you are liking the show and you're liking what we're doing here, uh, if you could just leave a small review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that really helps me a lot. I don't need you to even like the show. I don't need you to su- subscribe. But if you could just go on there, jot down a couple sentences about what you've learned, what you enjoy about the show um, and leave a five star review, that would be perfect so i just wanted to ask that of you all my faithful listeners i really do appreciate what you've done Uh, i want to be more consistent and i want to continue to work on my craft but you all support um, the the downloads and you sharing it with other people and you when you see me in person you tell me how much you enjoy it that stuff lifts lifts my soul it makes me give glory to god and i'm just thankful for all the support that you all have done for me so that being said today's show is an interesting one to say the least. Today's show is a very interesting show. We're going to be talking about finding your purpose, finding your purpose. And when I have this conversation, I'm not saying that I found mine particularly. What I'm saying is from ob- observing other people's life, like in the Bible or during our current time, I've seen that when someone has found their perf- purpose and they like found that groove, God usually meet- meets them where they are. And they do spectacular things for God's kingdom or for the world. In basketball, we have a, spe- a specific vernacular that we constantly use. So if, you out a, if you're out at a park or you're in a gym, whatever that may be, you're going to hear things like, and one. That's when somebody get to the rack, make a tough bucket, and they get fouled and make the shot. It's like, and one. Add that. Or if, 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 if someone... Is one-on-one, someone's playing one-on-one in the midst of a game and they get past you, blow past you or step back and shoot the ball and make it over you. They'll be like, he can't check me. He can't guard me. He can't guard me. Or if someone gets to the room and bumps you body to body and makes a shot, you fall, they look at you and do the Lord, you too small, you too small. But you have to be around the game to sign up, to, to pick up on that vernacular. Um, but the newest thing people say, you know, on YouTube or what the young people say, <laughs> I sound old young people. They'll say, man, he in his bag, he in his bag. So that's when you see Kyrie Irving, you know, do a move left to right, step back, tween, tween, in and out, behind the back, step back, shoot the three. Like, man, he in his bag. He's in his bag. Like He's in his groove. And I think that's what we need to get as men and as a society. We need to get in our bag. But another way of saying get in your bag is what is your purpose? And we all know when we're walking in our purpose now walking in your purpose doesn't mean it's one singular thing that you do it could be that but it also can be uh from that singular thing that you do it's a myriad of offshoots 
that add value to you as a man into the kingdom of God. So are you in your bag? Do you have a bag? Another thing we'll say in basketball, someone's pretty basic. They can't really dribble. They can't finish. It's like, man, he don't got no bag. He just, he vanilla. <laughs> but if you have a bag, it means that, you know, somebody tried to stop you on this crossover. You had an alternative. Somebody tried to stop you on this crossover. You had a counter. Somebody tried to stop you at the rim and you countered that, went up and under. It's like, man, that, that dude got a deep bag. He got a lot of twos in his bag. And that's the same thing when we talk about our purpose. You're not one dimensional, but you may be really good at one thing. And from you being really good at that one thing, it offshoots to many other things that blesses other people. Um, this guy wrote something the other day and it struck me deeply. I think it's a philosopher. His name is, um, let me find it really quick. Um, I know I had it. Okay. Yeah. His name is Victor Frankel, Victor Frankel. And he said, when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. When a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. That is an amazing statement. I definitely don't think that this man was a Christian. Seems like he was a philosopher. But when you really unpack that, think about your life. As I think about my life, when we are distracted, when we have no aim, when we're just wandering in the wilderness, we distract ourselves with sex and drugs and laziness and entertainment and relationships and food and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you want to put in there, we seem to distract ourselves with fun and pleasure. We don't really know what's going on. You kind of see this in Exodus, right? Moses knew who he was. He knew he was to be a leader of Israel and he's a tool in the hands of God. He's an instrument in the hand of God and that he's going to lead Israel to the promised land. As Moses knew that. Even Aaron, in some sense, knew who he was. Uh, he knew he was Moses' mouthpiece. But what about the other millions of people that got rescued out of Egypt and now was headed to the promised land? Moses goes up to the mountain to get some instructions from the Lord, what do the people do? They complain, they become wayward, they build a golden calf, they party, had fun, drip themselves in entertainment. What was Moses doing on the mountain with God, getting instructions for the next move? That's what people with purpose do. They don't, they don't distract themselves with entertainment. Entertainment has its place. But they're always looking towards what's the benefit? What's the benefit? What can I do to benefit the people that's under my tutelage, under my influence? And a true person, a true person who knows their purpose, knows they find their purpose in God. So they spend time with God to get instruction. That's what Moses was doing. But what are the people doing? The people entertaining themselves, finding life in pleasure, or as the old song said, living for the weekend. <laughs> They were living for the weekend in their grumbling, in their complaining, in their waywardness, in their wandering. They sought refuge and pleasure and not in God. So you kind of hear that again. This guy says when a person or people group can't find a deep sense of meaning or purpose, they distract themselves with pleasure. So let's quickly walk through some people that I think knew their purpose. There's three people I have in mind. First one is going to be our Lord and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Jesus knew his purpose. Listen to some of these verses that, that confirms Jesus knew his purpose. Pilate asked him in John 18, 17, you are a king then, Pilate asked. Jesus says, you say that I'm a king. I was born for this and have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. That's John 18, 37. Jesus just been whipped and flogged severely by the Roman emperor. Um, they beat him up real bad before he went to Calvary. And this is what comes out of Jesus' mouth. He says, I was born for this and I've come into the world for this to testify to the truth. Jesus knew his purpose. Listen to this. Matthew 15, 24. He replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Christ's main mission was to the Jews and eventually it'll be to the Gentiles with the apostle Paul. But he knew why he was sent to earth for the lost sheep of Israel to restore Israel's heart to their creator and their husband, God. Listen to this. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ knew he came to serve. So, so far we have Christ knew he came to testify the truth. Christ knew he came to ransom his brothers and sisters in Israel. Christ knew that he came to serve and not to be served. He came to serve and not to be served. And then lastly, he knew he came to bring eternal life to mankind. John 3, 14, 15 says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. That's John 3, 14 through 15. Jesus knew who he was. And because Jesus knew who he was, he walked in that purpose powerfully. Uh, he was anointed more than any other person on the earth. As John the Baptist says, he was given the spirit without measure. God put his spirit upon him powerfully and he walked in his purpose better than anyone else on this earth. And it led to the salvation of millions and millions of people. To God be the glory. When you work in your purpose, when you walk in your purpose, you're impactful. And it's not just for you, it's for others. It's others oriented, not inwardly oriented. You will be blessed and you will receive glory as you give it to God, but it's all for the service of someone else. Amen. I see this movie the other day. It, 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 it's jarring. It's a crazy movie and it's led me into some dark places. It's called Sound of Freedom. And this, this movie is covering the man. Um, Tim Ballard, who is, uh, I think he worked as a police officer and then he got attached to the child, tra child sex trafficking track where he was arresting pedophiles and he was trying to get children out of sex slavery. But it started with him just dealing with the pedophiles until in the movie, he's confronted by one of the men who just helped him, you know, catch a pedophile. <laughs> And the guy asked him, how many pedophiles have you caught? And he said, 220. He said it proudly. His chest poked out. And then the guy says, how many children have you recovered? And Ballard gets silent. It's one thing to catch the person that's, you know, delivering, you know, these children and recording these children and doing all these horrible, detestable things to children. But it's another thing to actually find the children that's in slavery so from that question he had to struggle he had to struggle to go and actually try to find the children and from that struggle that initial battle 
mental, emotional battle to say, this is what I need to do. And since he started to understand his purpose, that God had laid something at his feet that was tremendously heartbreaking and heart wrenching. Something that hurt him and would cost him greatly. Please go see the movie Sound of Freedom. It plan is playing in select theaters. I went to see it at the Hoffman in Virginia, um, but I know it's still out and it's all over Facebook. I think um, Grant gaining a lot of attention. But please go see the movie about this guy named Tim Ballard. I won't be too much of a spoiler. I don't want to be a spoiler of the movie, but I, I, please go watch it and let the grief hit you and sit in that grief and deal with it. Don't turn your eye from what you're going to see, the reality of what's going on in this world. Don't turn your way your eye away from the darkness. Don't let it overwhelm you. Look at look look with hope that Jesus is working and God is working to subdue all Jesus' enemy, even those who oppress children. But go see the movie. But some some of the things that I, I, I some of the takeaways I had from that movie as far as finding your purpose is number one, your purpose comes with a sacrifice. Whatever your whatever your purpose is going to be. You want to have to sacrifice for it. Again, we can go to the Paragon, a perfect example. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ sacrificed his life for his bride. He laid down his life for the sheep at a great cause. God gave his son, his only begotten son to the world who he knew would crucify him. But he still gave. He sacrificed until it hurt. He gave until it hurt. It cost him something. So your purpose will cost you something <laughs> in a more nefarious way. Um, everybody, I hope you've seen Avengers, especially the end games. That was the greatest movie ever. But in the end games, kind of on the other side, you see Thanos. Uh, remember that scene where he had to sacrifice his daughter to gain the last order to get the game. One of the stones that he needed to get an infinity stones. And he had to sacrifice his daughter who he loved. He had to sacrifice his daughter whom he loved. He had to sacrifice something that would cause pain, a soul for a soul, something that will bring tears to your eyes. And he did it wickedly. It was wrong. He shouldn't have done it, but he did it. And then you had Hawkeye and Nat had to do the same thing. Hawkeye had to lose Natalie, Black Widow, in order to gain the stone in order to reverse the curse. He had to sacrifice something. And to your point and to your purpose, Whatever it is that you God has given and laid at your feet, it will come with a sacrifice. Think of Abraham. Come on. Abraham purpose was prosperity, prosperity and a land. God promised him Isaac. Isaac finally comes. Isaac about 13 years old. God says, sacrifice your son to me. I mean, can you imagine that your one and only son who you love dearly that you waited 25, 30 years for and now god is saying sacrifice him see finding your purpose people always make it seem so flowery and so beautiful and and euphoria and and the the, the skies open and the angels come down and you see it no 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 <clears throat> your purpose is in the, the 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 muck and the mire the mundane you find it as you're walking and sometimes finding your purpose comes with a cause and sometimes finding your purpose, it won't make sense. It won't make sense. To Tim Pilot, he didn't think that when he became a police officer, he would be doing what he's doing now. And that it will cost him so much time away from his family, death, heartbreak, 
He didn't think that was going to happen. But from him submitting himself to God, he is a Christian, by the way. Look at how many people have been liberated from sex trafficking, especially these babies. A lot of them. A lot of them. So first thing, your purpose will come with a sacrifice. Second, it will come with a definitive decision you have to make, and it will be scary. <clears throat> when you decide, God has made it clear to you what your purpose is. You have to make the decision and you have to choose to trust him. You must choose to trust him. Tim Ballard had to make a decision and his wife was there to help him to quit his job because the U.S. would no longer support his investigations. He was above the law. He was out. He was out following the law. He was not following the law. So he had to make a decision to leave his job, the security and the comfort of his job and a paycheck to do what God was clearly calling him to do. And he had to make a decision. There is a phobia out there called decision. I think it's decision phobia. People are terrified to make a decision. That's me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm terrified to make a decision. And I think women struggle with that. Anytime you ask them what they want to eat, I'm joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but it's a phobia. Some people struggle with making decisions. But God will lay the opportunity at your feet and say, choose today who you will serve. Got to make a choice. Got to make a choice. Third thing, it will be uniquely fitted for your makeup, mentality, and personality. He was already a cop. He had already been in the field. Tim Ballard had already been in the field. He was already a cop. He had already done missions with catching pedophile. So his his mind, his personality, his physical makeup can adore the purpose that God called him to. Every and, and, and that's the thing that we have to understand. It's not going to look the same from every single one of us. So when I watch that movie, I'm like, man, I need to bulk up. I need to get in shape because I need to go over there. And, you know, I need to enjoy this fight. I need to get in this fight. Then I'm like, man, I'm not like that. I can pray for them. I can be more vigilant when I'm out to see if little kids look in their face to see if something's uneasy. But God may not be calling me to be Tim Ballard. It's only one Tim Ballard. And he has already assembled a team of people who are with doing what he's doing. That may not be my call. But what your purpose is, it will fall in line with some of your natural inclinations that you have. That's not sinful, by the way. Because God has made you fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows every intricate part of your body. He knows how he's designed you. Your DNA, your DNA makeup is all in mind with how you're going to advance God's kingdom, how God will use you to advance his kingdom and bring his glory to the earth. So your mentality, your makeup, and your personality will definitely be fitted for your purpose. Me being a teacher, I love children. I love academics. I love teaching. I love character building. I've been a horrible teacher. I've been a horrible student and God delivered me from that. So I can teach, I can speak from that perspective as well. So God has uniquely made me to be somewhat of a teacher. I love talking. I love communicating. I love to see people have a good time. So podcasting and, you know, teaching the Bible and doing Bible studies and Sunday schools or hosting at my house, all that stuff is uniquely fitted towards my purpose in this life as i still learn exactly what that is but you keep walking so that's the last that's one of the, that's the third thing it will be uniquely fitted to your makeup mentality and personality and last thing it won't make sense <laughs> sometimes your purpose just won't make sense tim Ballard, again in the sound of freedom it didn't make sense it just didn't he never would have thought that god would call him to do that and even while he was doing 
the work that God called him to do. It was times where it hurt. It's painful. He felt left down, let down. He almost gave up hope. Because if God was calling me to do this, why does it have to be so hard? I mean, you just look in the Bible and you see that anything that God calls you to do is not the difficulty. It's not about how difficult it is. It's about how much you trust. Because God allows difficulty in our lives and trials in our lives to test our faith, to see who we really believe in. Because nothing's too hard for God and nothing's too impossible for God. As one pastor says, is his arm too short and not mighty enough to save? See, when we get to the end of ourselves, God begins his work in us. As Paul says, God's grace is sufficient in your weaknesses. He gives his strength. So it won't make sense. It'll be uniquely fit for your makeup, mentality, and personality. It will come with a definitive decision you have to make, and it will be scary. And your purpose comes with a sacrifice. Um, another movie that kind of strike struck me uh, is Hacksaw Ridge. It's about Desmond Doss. Yeah, like my name. He spells his with an S, though. Um, I'm with a Z. So Desmond Dawes was a he wanted to join the military to serve his country. He was a I think he was a Adventist. Um, so he was a Christian. He wanted to serve his country, but he wanted to be a conscientious objector. A conscientious objector is someone who will join the military, but he promises not to do violence. He does not want to commit violence. So he doesn't carry a gun. He doesn't engage in con uh, ha combat and in combat. But Usually those people go in and be a medic. So that's not a very respected um, field, especially when you're around so many jarheads, men that work out and look forward to violence and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh, Desmond Dawes was not like that at all, but he was very strong. His strength was just different. Please watch that movie. Don't watch it with kids. It's, very, it's extremely graphic painfully graphic at times my wife was watching with me and she was covering her eyes a couple times <laughs> but it is very it's, it's graphic and i wouldn't have i wouldn't advise you to watch it with a kid under maybe 10 because it may it may scare them so um hacksaw ridge again purpose please watch the movie purpose one of the things i take away from that dealing with purpose is that in your purpose everyone is not meant to be the same in the body of in the church it's different gifts given paul talks about that and the body itself your human body everything doesn't have the same function but it all works together the pinky finger is not the pinky toe the eye is not the ear the head is not the legs the thumb is not the knee and that's a good thing everything works together but they have different functions but they help each other out each other out so desmond dawes being a conscientious objector he may not have been the shooter that some of these guys were but he had the same courage it just looked different so when you're in your purpose one of the things is you have to focus in a little bit i don't know how else to say it. you got to be selfish you have to be selfish with you and god and figure out what it is that god has laid at your hands because if you look to that person and that person and this person and that person what you do is you become a chameleon wherever you are you kind of adapt to your environment and that's how i was whoever i looked up to i tried to be like them and it's something honorable about, honorable about that. But at the same time, it's something that's not healthy because you start getting into toxic comparability is what I call it. Toxic comparability is when you compare yourself to so many people that you never get moving. and You never really understand who you are. And it leads to bitterness, frustration, frustration, anger and jealousy. That's what toxic comparability brings. Bitterness, frustration, 
anger, jealousy. Don't be that. Figure out what God is calling you to do. And the way you figure out what God is calling you to do is open your Bible as a Christian. Read it. And a little bit later, coming up in a little bit, I'll give you some passages on why I say what I'm saying. Uh, the second thing is service looks different for different people. The way you serve, the way we serve other people is not going to be the same. So in a church sense, everybody's not going to be a pastor. Everyone's not going to be an elder. Some people be really good at hospitality. As Romans talks about, some people will have the gift of teaching. Some people have the gift of uh, generosity. Some people will have the gift of healing. And when I say healing, it could be a doctor, right? Someone will have a gift of leadership where well, they may not be a pastor, but they lead small groups. It's a myriad of things that God has given to us by his grace and his mercy and in his love to the church so that we may serve one another. And it looks different, right? So uh, my uncle always says, everyone know who's Everyone knows who Billy Graham is, the TV evangelist that did great work in America. He said, but a lot of people don't know the Sunday school teacher that led him to Christ. All right. So it's not about how we serve or, or it's not about where we serve. It's about how we serve. Do we do it zealously with zeal, with consistency, with passion, with love, with vigor? If you're serving like that, no matter what God has planted you, you're going to grow and you'll be noticed. But it has to be linked to your purpose, right? Now, that does not mean that because you can't just be like, well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to do that. I don't have to teach the Bible. Well, you got a wife and kids. So, yeah, you do. You need to be a pastor at your home. Or I'm not, I don't have the gift of generosity. Well, you have money, so you probably should give. And generosity is not just money, it's time, it's patience, it's endurance, it's it could be money, right? But just because you don't have that particular service. Well, that gift doesn't mean that you're not supposed to do them, right? But service looks different for different people. So with Desmond Dodds and Hackshaw Ridge, his service was being a medic. And in God's providence, when they gone, when they would go up the hill to fight, oh, Desmond Dodds became the most important person up there because he was getting people to safety, saving people lives like his savior. He was doing what guns couldn't do. He was healing people. Guns cause destruction it stops violence it stops threats but it doesn't heal anybody what they needed was a medic and at that time his service was greatly needed just like the service of those men who were doing the fighting so it's different another thing is everyone will not understand your purpose but as long as god and you know be consistent they'll come around everyone won't know why you do what you do and as long as you and god are in agreement God has revealed to you what you're supposed to be doing. Do it. Yes, we all want to be like, yes, we all want people to be amazed and excited, just as excited as we are when God shows us something about ourselves. But that's not how life works. I'm learning at 30. That's just not how it is. People got kids, bills, work, spouses. Once you get older, people, it's just what it is. People are selfish. They self-absorb. They only care about their life. They'll clap and be like, oh, man, yeah, that's good. But don't expect a party because people found out because you found out what your purpose is. Be consistent. And over time, they'll come around. They will come around just like Desmond Dawes. People did not respect them. They didn't respect his gift. They didn't respect what he was offering. Oh, but when they needed him, he was there. And then they respected him. So just do what you're called to do. Be consistent. People will come around. They will always respect you for being authentic. Always. And then last, your gift is for others, not just for you. 
your gift is for others, not just you. Jesus says, I came to serve, not to be served. If your gift is only <laughs> requiring you to 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 reap the benefits, then you're not really walking in your purpose. <laughs> if your purpose is not calling you to be more of a servant than being served, you're not walking in your calling. You're, work, you're walking like Satan, honestly. Satan looks to be served. He doesn't look to serve anyone. <laughs> and you see that in church. You see it in the business world. You see it in regular world. It's just true. It's just true. But walking in your purpose looks like walking like Jesus. And Jesus says, I came to be, I came to serve, not to be served. So your gift and your purpose is for others, not you. Lastly, and I'm about to be out your head. God gives you your purpose. You have to go to the word of God. Man is not meant to live on bread alone, but every word that comes and proceeds from the word of mouth. But I mean, the word of God, which is in Deuteronomy. And then Jesus picks that up in his temptation, his temptation with Satan. So God gives you your purpose. God created you. He knows your purpose. <laughs> Just like the people who created cars, the purpose of a car is to be driven. The purpose of a computer is to use technology. The purpose of marriage is for joy and pleasure and children and oneness. Everything that's created has a purpose. But humans seem to struggle the most with what their purpose is. Because you were made in the image of God and because you have sinned against God, because sin is present in this world, you have detached yourself spiritually from God. It's like unplugging a cord. You die. After a while, if you don't charge your iPhone, that joint dies. When it has power, it's very powerful. When it's charged up, it has, it's very powerful, but it's going to die. And that very powerful tool that you have in your hand, if it's dead, it's of no use. It's just a pretty phone. That's how we are as humans. Detaching us from our creator, God, looks pretty, has the potential to be powerful, but it's just dead because it's not charged up. And that charge that we need is God himself, his indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that recaptures our mind. Uh, it vivifies or it, it orients our desires in a way that now we know what life is about. To love God and enjoy him forevermore. To glorify God and enjoy him forevermore. That's your purpose. That's my purpose. That's your children's purpose. That's your church purpose. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever more got some passages for me for you and i'm out your hair god gives you your purpose listen to this i've been crucified with christ and i no longer live but christ lives in me the life i now live in the body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me your identity is in christ that was galatians 2 20 this is colossians 3 2 set your minds on the things that are above set your mind on the things that are above now listen to this part which i love for you died and your life is hidden with christ in god for you died and your life is hidden with christ in god when christ who is your life appears then you will appear with him and glory. Listen to this. Therefore, 
Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, like sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them, but now put them away. Because you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. So remember when I said when someone doesn't know or don't have a deep sense of meaning they follow their pleasures you have it in that passage that's colossians 3 2 through 6 and then and then verse uh 9 or verse 10 remember i said what the philosopher said when a person doesn't have a deep sense of meaning in their life they fill their lives with pleasure that's what that verse is saying when you don't know your creator when you don't know christ and your identity is not found in him you will fill your heart which will never be filled but you'll try to fill your heart with sensuality, pleasures, sensual pleasures. And it's you'll just have a pathetic life. It may seem good for the minute, but what's more pathetic than having to stand before God in judgment and go to hell? Because you chose to live a life that was not, you chose to live a life that God did not require. But in Christ, there's glory. And when he appears, you'll be in that same glory as Jesus Christ. So when you get to know him, you spend less time on fulfilling your pleasures. Now, you'll sin. You'll still struggle with sin, especially if you had a habit of, of that over years. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying you'd be perfect. But what I am saying is you start to set your mind on things that's holy, that's good, that's righteous, that builds up. And you stop spending so much time on frivolous things. Lastly, Second Corinthians this is one of my favorite passages. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. In Christ, in Christ, you become a new person. I know it don't feel like that. I know as a Christian, it does not. It feels like you make two steps forward and 15 steps back. You see the sin. You see the failures. You see the character flaws. You see the anger. You see the lack of holiness in your life. I get it. But if you're in Christ, you are new. You want to know why you know you're new? Because that stuff I just said, when you see the sin, you see the failures, you see the moral flaws, you see the corruption, you see the depravity, the weaknesses, the lack of holiness, you care. You care now where well, you didn't care at first. You were dead to that stuff at first. But now you actually care. You want to please God. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. With your dead life, cling to that because God has made you new. And the Bible says that he who began a good work in you will complete it. He will complete it. God saves you. You now become his ownership he takes ownership of you his son and daughter and what good parent leaves their children no matter how bad they get they hang in there because god is like that he's faithful even when we're faithless he's faithful so you are brothers and sisters you are a new creation even when your feelings does not line up first john says god is greater than your feelings trust him trust him obey him Keep walking by the spirit and the assurance will come. If it's sin in your life, deal with it. By God's grace, by his spirit, put to death those things in you. But God loves you. You need to know that. 
despite what you've done five minutes ago, your past. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. Have that confidence and walk in your purpose. Others people, other people's lives depend on it. Walk in your purpose. I love you all. I am out. I pray that this has blessed you. This has been the Life Podcast Show. If you could leave a review in a five-star rate and just saying, man, this show has blessed me. I don't care where it says. It just gets more people to be able to listen to it and pushes the algorithm on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, you know on Life Podcast, we like to filter our thoughts through God's thoughts. We like to filter our perspectives through God's perspective. And we like to filter our ways through God's ways. This has been Des Oots. Peace.